Episode 75, Whisper in Your Lover's Ear, text the Soundhawk, 303-548-6877. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. In my kitchen? for that song, Curtis. That was a song called Curtis, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Curtis as we move through today's lesson on how to live, uh, given by... George Saunders. I think this is our third. God, we never do this in advance, right? Part one was David <coughs> David Foster Wallace, episode... 68. 66. 66. Part two was Wendell Berry. Episode 71. Boom. Here okay. we are with George Saunders, episode 75, one to come. One more to come. That one's a surprise. We're not going to tease out of that one. Uh, 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 do not. Don't put her head in a box. Yep, it's Jennifer Gray. Oh, no, that's Don't Put Baby in the Corner. Almost. So, you want to tell us a little bit about... On uh, Saturday, May 11th, 2013, <clears throat> celebrated author George Saunders... George Saunders. ...delivered the convocation address at Syracuse University's commencement. Saunders's. Advice to the class of 2013 went viral after the New York Times reprinted his speech later that summer. The speech has now been published in book form under the title, Congratulations, by the way, Some Thoughts on Kindness. All of, all of that is 75. great, um, but published in book form? This is like a 10-minute speech. Wouldn't that be a pamphlet? It's a way to make money. Published in pamphlet they, form? They published Foster Wallace's, too. They turned that into a book. That one was a little closer to 20 minutes. I could see a perfect bind on that one, but I don't know about... Uh, I don't remember. ...what Saunders gives us here. Uh, but I will tell you this right away. Comrade to Foster Wallace. <laughs> yep, because they both write words in books. Well, that and uh, Foster Wallace's advice was to slow down and look for opportunities in life to be generous and a real empathetic human being oh yeah that's right. saunders is basically saying the same thing he's like make room in your life for acts of kindness yeah and you know how he sets that up mark he's got a pretty genius 
delivery system here, he, he talks about regret and about how in his life he doesn't have many regrets. He runs down a laundry list of things, like a, an ice hockey mishap where he accidentally fell, scored a goal on his own team, and flung his stick yeah. into the crowd and hit almost hit a girl he had a crush on. He tells a story about swimming in some river in Africa and seeing monkeys shit in it, just as he was taking a big gulp of it in his mouth. And he got sick for seven months. Got sick. Didn't regret that, though. No, he didn't. Nope. He has one regret. Well, he... <laughs> He has more than one. The one he chooses to highlight. He shares one regret. Share it with us now. All right, let's go to that right now. Oh, real audio. Real audio. Real hard to fucking hear audio. Mm, Apologies. Yeah, this YouTube clip, not the best. There's like Mm. a baby crying. The baby, you'll hear a baby crying. The baby is louder (laughs) and closer to the microphone than our buddy George. But we soldier on. But here's something I do regret. In seventh grade, uh, this new kid joined our class. In, in, in the interest of confidentiality or convocation of speech, they will be Ellen. Ellen was small, shy. She wore these blue cat's eye glasses that at the time only old ladies wore. What? Sorry for the interruption, but uh, we can't subject you to that audio. terrible. Jesus. Of that quality. It was hard to even hear. So nobody, I, I actually had to read this fucking thing. <laughs> Can you believe it? I watched it and <clears throat> read it. In seventh grade, this new kid joined our class. This is his one regret. Or his shared regret. Excuse me, Mark. I was not being precise enough. In seventh grade, this new kid joined our class. In the interest of confidentiality, her name... What the hell? Convocation speech name. Oh, okay. That just sounded weird. Her convocation... Convocation... Her vacation speech name will be Ellen. Ellen was small, shy... She wore these blue cat's eye glasses that, at the time, only old ladies wore. When nervous, which was pretty much always, she had a habit of taking a strand of hair into her mouth and chewing it. My uh, youngest does that, Quinn. So she came to our school and our neighborhood and was mostly ignored, occasionally teased. Your hair tastes good? That sort of thing. Yeah. I could see this hurt her. I still remember the way she'd look after such an insult. Eyes cast down, a little gut kicked, as if, having just been reminded of her place... In things, she was trying as much as possible to disappear. Mm. After a while, she'd drift away, hair strand in her mouth. At home, I imagined after school, her mother would say, you know, how was your day, sweetie? And she'd say, oh, fine. And her mother would say, making any friends? And she'd go, sure, lots. Sometimes I'd see her hanging around alone in her front yard as if afraid to leave it. And then they moved. That was it. No tragedy, no tragedy. No big final hazing. One day she was there, the next she wasn't. End of story. Uh, What I regret most in my life are failures of kindness. That's right. Failures of kindness. Because he he goes on to say that he wasn't ever particularly mean to this girl. Right. And then he might have even stood up for her from time to time. But I guess he regrets not doing more. It's the things he could have done. Yeah. So enter... recognition of a need and not having the humanity to fill it. That's right. Enter Curtis. Uh-oh. When I was in fifth grade, I think, midway through the year, this new kid came uh, to be a part of our class. His name was Curtis. On the first day of school, or of his first day in our class, he walked into the room wearing a tuxedo. He had on a tuxedo, like a full tuxedo. Cumberbund, bow tie, 
jacket, pants, all the all everything wow. a tuxedo would have. But he had some kind of like worn uh, little loafers. You could tell they were pretty old. And he had kind of some gnarled, curly hair on the top of his head. Kind of a sweet, goofy smile. Curtis. And right away, I was like, this kid's wearing a tuxedo? Awesome. Because I think at the time, I was like kind of into James Bond. So I became friends with Curtis. Like, What, I, what grade is this? I think it was like fifth grade. So I kind of talked to Curtis that day, and we became buddies, and we were hanging out a little bit you know, on the playground and stuff. And then next day, Curtis shows up at school. Same tuxedo. That's the day before. And as the days wore on, he was, he wore the tuxedo almost every day. And then the fridge came on. And then I started to realize that, uh, I mean, it, I was even more naive than I am now because I was fifth grade. But I think I finally realized, like, oh, I don't think his family has a lot of money. This is, like, his school uniform is this tuxedo and he started getting teased by the other kids a little bit i never teased him but i kind of slowly tapered communication with him and i remember one time we you know it had been a few days that he'd been there and he was on top of this jungle gym thing and i was kind of running over to it i was going to climb up there with him and then these girls came over and like told me to come do something and i started walking with them and they like told and he started to climb down and they like told him to stay like no no not you Curtis and I remember looking at him up there alone on the playground huh mm. and I just kind of walked away turned my back on him you saunders <coughs> excuse me <laughs> you saunders him saundersed I gave him the cold saunders you gave him the cold saunders I think every, maybe everybody has that story I know but I, I we have we I have kids in my middle school but what made me think of it is like him saying like that's one of his regrets and that's like you have when, when I index my regrets that is one that I that I always come back to I have very few like Saunders the stupid things I've done in my life the injury I've caused myself eh, whatever but I don't ever feel good about that and I wish I could remember his last name I'd like to like look up Curtis and see what he's doing if you're listening Curtis sorry about that should have shown more character as a fifth grader, but I did write a song for you. So a lot to ask even. of a fifth grader, yeah. Oh, that's the lyrics? Maybe it's just a lot to ask of a human. Tuxedo, pre-libido, dirty cumber, cumberbund, looked like lots of fun, sitting all alone on the playground, preparation, alienation. That's right. Words of a poet, Mark. A whole new lo- level of depth now. So now it's starting to click for you, isn't it? Well, I mean, I've had, I have that story too. Tell me your story, Mark. Who did you uh, alienate? Oh no, I'm just saying we had kids in middle school who were not fitting in. Mark, all different kinds of reasons. Were you one of those kids? Uh, no. No. With your dexterity, I'm sure was you were. Fine. You were I've, one of the socias. <laughs> God, I found a place to go. Um, a place I don't know to go, I, like inside where you could cry alone. Yeah, exactly. Special room in the at the end of the hall. Oh. Close the door. Cry some tears. Put on your tuxedo and sob. I think uh, they were, you know, people were just not. That's that's a shame, isn't it? Sure is. You kind of end up beating out of kids the things that make them special. You do. It's the it's the programming of a child is is, is a form of uh, maybe not murder, but you're you're murdering Slow parts of the mind. Make them make them get in line. Yeah, Trump style. Teach him institutionalized ways of learning. I guess Trump is out of line. He's, he's not in the line. He's making his new li- a new line. Yeah, it's kind of a What way. was he like in middle school? 
Insufferable would be my guess. Very, and insecure, though. Every, all, point, all signs point to him being just wildly insecure. Well, I mean, I think this, another moving commencement address, so it seems to be rich fodder for how to live life lessons. Mm-hmm. So I, I get your point, similar to Foster Wallace. Certainly, it's more approachable than Foster Wallace. It's more approachable. Well, it's more simple. It's a it's single shorter. idea. Yeah. I mean, but they, don't they both open the same way, too? Like, this is the part in the speech yeah, where funny I joke, make yeah. a joke. Yep. So. Well, this is what I noticed. Because he comes back to it. First, he sets it up. Mm-hmm. Each of us is born with a series of built-in confusions that are probably somehow Darwinian. Maybe this is the kind of stuff that gets, this doesn't get beat out of you, but it needs, this is the stuff that needs to get beat out of you. These are one, we're central to the universe. Snowflake. That is, our personal story is the main and most interesting story, the only story, really. Snowflake. Two, we're separate from the universe. There's us, and then out there, all that other junk. All that stardust that you're actually a part of. Dogs and swing sets and the state of Nebraska and low-hanging clouds and, you know, other people. Starflake and Snow Dust, episode 75. And three, we're permanent. Death is real, okay, sure, but for you, not for me. So he goes on, and he tells your story, but then he comes back to this in a subtle way. It's not even that, that apparent. One thing in our favor, some of this becoming kinder happens naturally with age. It might be a simple matter of attrition. As we get older, we come to see how useless it is useless it is to be selfish how illogic really we come to love other people and they are thereby counter instructed in our own centrality what nice wow george so there's that's that's his that's his counter to the first confusion right yeah that we what was the first one we're the center of the universe yeah when you're not second we're separate from the universe we get our butts kicked by real life and people come to our defense and help us and we learn that we're not separate and don't want to be that's what this podcast is all about, Mark. It's about togetherness and family. Gazing at one another over these microphones. Feeling that connection. Week becoming stardust. Week. Show by show. Melting our individual snowflakes into a puddle of stardust, if you will. Will you? Into a puddle? A small droplet. And then the third point. We see people near and dear to us dropping away and are gradually convinced that maybe we too will drop away someday, a long time from now. Most people, as they age, become less selfish and more loving. I think this is true. The great Syracuse poet, Hayden Carruth. I know him. Do you? Said in a poem written near the end of his life that he was mostly love now. Beautiful. Mostly love now. Yeah. That's the goal. Here's how selfish I am, I think. Push toward love. Push away from yourself. My dad has a heart attack dies alone when he's like 62 very sad he kind of brought it on himself in many ways but that did not make me feel my own sense my own mortality much you know what did lower back pain (laughs) being laid out on the floor (laughs) yeah unable to move that'll do it that's what it required I swear I was the first time my back ever went out and I was laying there I can't move. And my kids were pretty young. Luckily, they were in the room with me. It's a problem. I was like, if someone broke into the house right now and tried to take my kids away, I could do nothing to stop them. Like, I, I could drag myself by my arms maybe, but my back would spasm. Like, this is for fucking real. I am 
Taunting. Just a useless piece of meat. You know, I know that story. Yep. But in but turning to, do I regret my back going out? Not really. Because it taught me something, Mark. Oh, what did it teach you? That I'm a useless piece of meat. <laughs> that I'm going to die one day. Yeah. And, that, and certainly that I'm not going to live forever and that my body is now at the point where it's... Declining. To, yeah, it's slowing down a little bit. It's, it's actually, it's aging like a wine might. <laughs> starting to show more character. There's character in each back spasm. Is there not? There is an opportunity to build character. Is there not? There is an opportunity. That's right, Mark. So whatever your illness you're dealing with right now, you've had a rough day. <laughs> I have had a rough day. You got a, a very pinched, smoky delivery, which I kind of am enjoying. I feel flushed. You're, tired. And your stomach hurt? Yeah. It's because you're just a human, man. You're just a piece of well, meat. I think got... I went camping, got cold, and picked up a bug and got sick. Oh, well, that's the problem. You were out in the woods doing real, well, what are you gonna real do? man shit. You're going to podcast. At right. least for another five minutes before you collapse. Yeah. We owe the people more than 17 minutes on this one, don't we? I don't know. This was a light one. I'm not sure what to give them. Well, tell some personal stories. That was my approach. Um, You're telling them how to live here. They want, they're looking for more answers. This is a <clears> family <throat> we're talking to. Well, on a back pain note. <laughs> yeah, wherever yeah, you want to go. This episode's hilarious. Um, yeah, I learned, I, th- I think I learned that lesson the birth of both of my children, where we had textbook pregnancies, swimming along, everything's great, and then, boom, right at the end, mayhem, and you end up with emergency C-sections, and you realize, like, oh, who gives a shit about your natural birth plan? Who gives a shit about what you want? You're not in control here anymore. Then there's this other little thing sitting there crying at you, and you're like, oh, shit, I think we've just unlocked something because this is new game. This is a notion that you return to. I think on on uh, whatever episode we celebrated my fortieth birthday, you were every other comment was something about yeah, but now it all ends. Uh oh. Now you're losing control. Yeah, try and stay on top of that. Yeah. That's where it began. Control. Mm, that is where it that began. first emergency C-section. That's what shattered your illusion of control. And it's, I agree. It scared the piss out of you. So and you then a few years later. Happened again? Back situations, then oh. they don't always resolve the, the best way, and that became a that sure became spiral a of despair. It did. Still in it. In, but hey, it led you ways. to the swimming pool. It did. It's got you looking good in Speedos, huh? <laughs> I guess. Luganus. I saw you out there. We played catch a minute ago. It's catching balls with one hand. An official size NFL football, one hand. Still got it. It's like Wilt the Stilt over here. Still got it. Yeah, you still got something, man. I don't have a lot of energy in today's podcast, though. I know. My apologies to the audience. Yeah, I feel like I'm having to just keep talk here. Keep talking. <sighs> Trying to get us up to 25 minutes. That's what the people want. 25 and we're done. Hmm. Maybe let's read some more Saunders. See if that accomplishes anything. Still, accomplishment is unreliable. Hmm. Yeah. Succeeding, whatever that might mean to you, is hard. And the need to do so constantly renews itself. Success is like a mountain that keeps growing ahead of you as you hike it. And there's the very real danger that succeeding will take up your whole life while the big questions go untended. So quick end of speech advice from Saunders here. Since, according to me, your life is going to be a gradual process of becoming kinder and more loving, hurry up. Speed it along. Start right now. 
There's a confusion in each of us, a sickness really, selfishness. But there's also a cure, so be a good and proactive and even somewhat desperate patient on your own behalf. Seek out the most facious, efficacious, <laughs> anti-selfishness medicines energetically for the rest of your life. That is the same lesson as what Foster Wallace. So hard to do. Sure as shit is. Every single moment, veer toward kindness. But, like Foster Wallace, if you're constantly on the warpath for ways to be kind to people, you're, by that very action, you're going to be more in the moment, because you're, you're not going to be in your own head. You're looking for people who need your kindness, so that prevents you from getting sucking, sucked down in your own whirlpool of despair and back pain. Now, I hear you. I feel you. It's hard to do. It is hard to do. That's why people keep giving this speech. <laughs> Must be why. And we keep going, oh, that's a good one. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So uh, now we're at 21 minutes, Mark. I don't know what I got. I think we just let them go. We got Foster Wallace telling us that there was beauty in every bizarre, mundane moment. Wendell Berry telling us to attach to people, be affectionate. To show affection, to share knowledge. To keep things small. And, and that statistics suck. Yeah. Sandra's is very simple. Yeah. Kindness. But I wonder what that... What does that mean? You could be kind... I'm ill right now. You could be kind to me by taking me to the hospital. Hey, I made you a salad, and I've been making you lots of tea. You're always very kind to me over here. I try and be a good host. You're a great host. Were there any other opportunities you had today where you could have been... Could have showed kindness and either did or did not? I got up with my uh, kids and my wife before they, they went to Durango for a couple of days. That's unusual. Usually you like to sleep in until about 10.30. I saw them off, made sure they got off safely. Were you still in your robe and slippies? Helped with the exit. How's it my PJs? You're in your PJs. Wait, so you're, it's just bachelor brush? Yeah. Oh what boy. are you going to do? Just be ill. You're just going to Nothing sulk? worse than that. You're just going to, yeah, what do you mean? Just take a bunch of cough medicine, trip out on some fucking If you're stream of sick television. and no one's there to help you, I'll come over here. You don't need help. It's kind of better to be alone when you're sick. Maybe. What, or wait. Oh, you are a diva, though. You probably have like a little bell that you ring oh, when I don't you're have sick. a bell. Jenny! Jenny, more broth, Jenny! Nobody's... Bri- I got two kids. Nobody's bringing me broth. <laughs> Not yet. You know that. Yeah, I do. But, I mean... Fight for your own. No, you just... But you have two kids, and you're... But this weekend, you're alone. At least you're sick, and you're not... You'll be able to rest. Mm, that's true. Let's be thankful for that. I am thankful for that. There you go. Good job. Cheered me up. See, and it's still, it's only early afternoon. I'm trying to think if I had any missed opportunities to be kind today. I mean, I did my routine things. I woke up and I made lunches for the kids. That's kind. Yeah, I guess so. I made them a pretty nice breakfast of yogurt and honey and buttered toast and gardens from, or cucumbers from the garden. Super kind. That is kind. And I combed their hair for them. Super dad. Got them dressed. Dro- oh, here's a, oh, yeah. Look at you. Kindness with food. I drove them all the way down to the DCPA. And I, like, driving hurts right now with my back. My back's bothering me. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So look at how unselfish I was being. It's really bugging you if it hurts to drive, yeah. Sitting. It doesn't bother me when I'm standing. It's just when I'm sitting, you know? Mm. What do you think about that? What do you think about sitting is the new cigarettes? Have you heard that? In terms of, like, a public health crisis? I have heard that. Yes, I have. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I don't know. Dude, we're so close to 25 minutes. How many more? Bring us home. Well, oh, we got an outro, outro song. Oh, I know, but you got like 45 more seconds, or 30 more seconds here. Okay. 
Um, what do you want to What do you want to say about life, Mark? Remember to be kind to each other. It's hard to do. There's little ways to do it. There's big ways to do it. Be kind to yourself. I guess that's part of it. Yeah, make your life small. Food and is manageable. clearly a part of it, and that's part of what we're up to here. We're trying to be kind to you. Digging into the food thing a little bit. We read the annoying food news that so you yeah, don't, you don't have, have to read to. that crap anymore. Anything you need to know, you can find here. Damn straight. Damn skippy. And then, wait, there was another thing too. Well, fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Saunders keeps talking about success being that mountain that just grows the further up it you go. It just keeps getting bigger. And that's making a case for Wendell's point. Like, keep your life small and manageable. Don't measure success in terms of professional achievements or income. Mm. Measure success by how many acts of kindness you're able to deliver in a day. How much affection you can show your elders. You put a homegrown cucumber into that lunch or breakfast? Breakfast. And and lunch. Another cucumber went. Two different kinds of cucumber. Talk about success. I gave you cucumber variety. That's That's a small manageable life. Ambition achieved. All right. Well, now I feel good. All right. So do that. Do all those things. Snowflake. Melt, melt your snowflake. Become stardust. Find Curtis. Say sorry, Curtis. Yeah, we had a guy named Will. Let me wash your cummerbund. Another guy named Carter. This episode is dedicated to Will, Carter, and Curtis. Caleb. 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 He was like the first autistic kid I think I ever... I didn't know that he was autistic, but he would like build forts out of the desks in the middle of class and hide under them. And Ellen. And cry out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Ellen. So... Ellen, Caleb, Curtis, Carter, Will. This one's for you guys. Should have been kinder. But it's never too late to start all that. To say kind things about you in a podcast. There you go.